August 9th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin, if you count from the bottom of the page upward, it's 14 lines up, it's the last word on the line. The Gemara goes on to explain the next words in the Mishnah. I know it feels like a long time ago. It was a long time ago that we learned the first Mishnah in the Perek. first Mishnah in the Perek had this statement, The following people don't have a portion in the world to come. We've been talking about and deliberating over Yemot HaMashiach and understanding the facets and, and details with regards to that, but we haven't really fleshed out all these statements in the Mishnah. So the next one, or the, uh, the, the first one that we're really going to develop and understand, says the Gemara Ha'omer in Torah Min HaShamayim. The Mishnah said if a person is to say that the Torah is not from the heavens, uh, so the Gemara will, in the initial statements over here, begin to deal with that. And then after, as we've already understood from Perek Chalik, the way it works, after some digressions and, and discussions about other matters related in some way, tangentially, we'll return back to defining what it means, someone says, in Torah min HaShamayim. But again, a person who states that, that Torah is not heavenly sent, we'll have to define what that means, in the Chalik La'olam Haba, he lost his or her portion in the world to come. Says the Gemara, Tanur Beraita. It cites a pasuk from the Torah, Ki devar Adonai Baza. This person has been an abomination. They've uh, been shameful to the word of God. Ve'et misvato hefar. And they've neglected or they've deliberately went against his mitzvah. He, or his, mitzv- his mitzvah, hikaret tikaret, and that double wording of hikaret tikaret, the understanding is being cut off both from olam hazeh and olam haba. So that's what we're up against. We're dealing with this pasuk, which was referring to a person who is mivazeh, he's shameful to the word of God, and furthermore, or separately, mitzvah tohefar, he's gone against the mitzvah of God. Uh, that person gets the terrible merit of hikaret tikaret, losing portion both ba'olam hazeh and olam haba. Says the Beraita, zeha omer in Torah min hashamayim. That's a person who says that the Torah is not from the heavens. We're on the tzaditet amud alef, 12 lines from the bottom of the page, the beginning of the line. Davar aher, alternatively says the Beraita, ki devar adonai baza ze apikoros. That's a reference to someone who's an apikoros. Now the Beraita over here will not define what that means, and we'll have to learn a bunch more before we get to an explanation of that word. But it means there's another interpretation to what it means to be shameful, an abomination to the word of God. Davarahed, alternatively. Again, all surrounding and narrowing in on what does it mean, ki devar Adonai baza, ki devar Adonai baza, ze hamigale panim batorah. It's a person who's revealing faces in the Torah. Not defined either. We'll have to read ahead in the Gemara to understand what that means. But all of these are different interpretations to this terrible circumstance of a person who's mivazeh et devar Hashem. The word of God, he's been mivazeh. Is it a megale panim Torah? Is it napikoros? And fundamentally, for our purposes, is it a person who says, en Torah min Hashemai? Important, uh, important question. The rabbis don't really debate that. The only thing the rabbis debate are the last eight Pesukim in the Torah. 
On that, there's a machloket who wrote the last day of Pesukim. Everything that precedes it seems clear from this Gemara and others. The Hachamim accept and understand full-heartedly it was from God to the ears or mind of Moshe, which he then transcribed. The question is those last eight Pesukim, and yes, we'll have opportunity and we'll have ample time to discuss how would we uh, resolve an opinion who says that that's those last eight Pesukim. There is one of the Tanaim who says, Yehoshua, Yehoshua ben Nun wrote them. I have to figure out how to deal with that. There's the famous Ibn Ezra, the Sod, his, his secret of those last many Pesukim to the Torah. I will discuss it at the appropriate time, which is coming up. It's very soon, but what I'm telling you is you'll find in Talmud is only that. It's only the last day of Pesukim. That's the closest you come, and it's a single opinion that the Hachami mentioned. Ve'et mitzvah to hefer. Uh, so keep hefar. After all, the end of the pasuk, the next words, it's devar Adonai bazar vet mitzvato hefar. He's been uh, neglecting, purposefully doing the mitzvot. Who's that? Zeham mefer berit basar. That's a person who, quite simply, has gone against the covenant of flesh, meaning he hasn't done berit milah. Um, the understanding, as I would associate, berit milah is that sign. It's the physical signet that we have. Uh, that we're a part of this clan. It's our, it's our badge of uh, involvement and honor uh, to be a part of, so to speak, God's guard. guard. Uh, as a result, the word of God and our Berit Milah are very closely affiliated. The Gemara and Masechet Nidarim and Aflamid Bet, for example, is Doresh the Pasuk, um, uh, that, that the pasuk says, "Beriti yomam valaila." What's "Beriti yomam valaila"? What's the covenant of day and night? Two opinions. It's either "Berit mila" or it's "Torah ve'achita bo yomam valaila." But again, you have to close affiliation between those two with regards to understanding that "Berit mila" is, to a certain extent, the physical sign that we are a part of this Devar Hashem uh, mission and, uh, and, and uh, march. As says the Gemara onward, Hikaret Tikaret, right? The end of the Pasuk says that a person who's Mevazeh Devar Hashem, if he's Mefar et Berito, Mitzvato, Hikaret Tikaret, the Derasha is Hikaret Ba'olam Hazeh Tikaret, means getting cut off both from this world and the world to come. That's, of course, the association to our Mishnah, Ha'omer, and Torah Min is a, lose, a person who loses Chilek La'olam Haba. Mikan. Based on this, Amar Rabili Ezer Hamodai. It's based on this, Rabili Ezer Hamodai. In Peregimal of Perke Avot, we have this somewhat well-known statement of Rabili Ezer Hamodai. Hamhalel et Kodashim. He had the following statement. First and foremost, a person who's mehalel et kodashim. Kodashim is a reference to korbanot, to teruma. If you handle them in some way, which is not according to their kedushah, mehalel milashon chol, you rid them, you empty them of that sanctity. You are mefagel et kodashim. You have wrongful mindset with regards to where and how you're going to eat these kodashim. You handle the teruma betumah. You don't uh, use it uh, and, and eat it when in a pure body state of being. Uh, in those circumstances, keep in mind for a moment what you're doing. Effectively, you're mehalel et kodashim by the item achieving its sanctity through, again, how does Kodashim achieve its sanctity? Only because you said the name of God on it, right? You understand that? The reason it's Terumah is because you pronounce the Terumah by means of 
quote the name of God. The reason this is Kodesh is because you pronounced upon it the name of God. You understand already, if we're going to go to the Pasuk, Kidevara Adonai Baza, the word of God you've been shameful to, well, it makes sense that if an item its sanctity is inherent specifically because of the name of God, because of the reference of God, and you've been mehalelit, I'll point to the pasuk, I'll say, you want to know what you just did? You were devar Hashem bazaar. That's the link up over here, because you could have mentioned any mitzvah, any avera. Oh, you didn't, uh, you mehalel Shabbat, ki devar Hashem bazaar. No, no, it's specifically the Kodashim, because Kodashim has achieved their status through devar Hashem. Vehamivaze et hamoadot. And a person who's not, the word this time is not mehalel, as the Rishonim point out, but rather mevazeh, bizayon, again, being shameful, but not ridding it of its sanctity. It's for that reason that Rashi writes uh, just uh, three words, hulo shel mo'ed. Rashi says this is a reference not to Yom Tov, which would be tantamount to Shabbat, for argument's sake, but rather, it's a scary and jarring statement. According to Rashi and many of the commentators to the Gemara, it's that in the eyes of Rabbi Ezra Moda'i, if you're not treating it appropriately, you're in a state of to the extent that you lost your halak la'ulam haba. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that you violated it per se. It means you're neglectful of it. It means you don't care about it. It means the sanctity of holamu'id. Now, there is a mahlok between Rashi, Harambam, and many others. Gemara and Masechid Mu'id Katan Daf Yod Aleph. And elsewhere, with regards to the Isur Melachan Holamu'id, what's its status? Does it have the status of Isur Melachan or even an Isur from the Torah? Either way you slice it, Rashi over here in our Gemara, as do several of the other commentators, suggests that Mivazeta Mu'adim is a reference to Hola Mu'ed. In other words, the statement is Devar Hashem is Hola Mu'ed. That's the Mikra'e Kodesh that you've profaned, you know, losing, so to speak, your Halak La'unam Haba. Vahamefar Berito Shel Abraham Avinu. That's what we mentioned already. Interestingly, Rabbeinu Yonah, I looked it up this morning in his commentary to Pekeavoter in Perikimam Mishnah Yod Aleph, he suggests that that it's not only a person who doesn't get berit milah, but it's a person who's moshech be'olato, which means to say you somehow surgically uh, make it seem as if you didn't get a berit milah. So it's not just that you didn't get a berit milah, but it's rather you're looking to overcome it, which fits in perfectly with the whole imagery over here. The imagery over here is not that you're neglectful in performance of mitzvot, it's that you're scornful of the mitzvot, that you're not interested in the mitzvot, that you're embarrassed about these mitzvot, that you can't wrap your head around these sorts of concepts. panim Of course, a person who uh, um, reveals ways to Torah which are against the tradition, that's a person who's devar Hashem bazar, the word of God, you've made it your own. What do you mean you've made it your own? Instead of explaining it the way it's supposed to be, based on the methodology that we've been handed, you've determined your interpretation to it. That's disgusting. That's terrible. That's a mivazeta Torah. And lastly, hamalbin pene havero barabin. Now that last line, several of the Mefashim in Pekeavot point out and suggest it shouldn't be in the text over here. It should only be in the text in Pekeavot. Either way you slice it, what does it have to do with the rest? The rest we were able to somehow attribute to the word of God. This one, 
What's Malbim Barabim? You embarrass a person publicly. The explanation has to be something along the following lines, as several of the Mifashim point out. It's that you look at a person who's supposed to and does represent Selem Elokim, a person who is supposed to be the complexion in some way, shape, or form of God, and you say about that person that I can embarrass them, I can make them turn white from embarrassment by shaming them publicly. You're going further than just the word of God. You're looking at the entity in the closest we can come to a physical aspect of God, a human being, and you're ridding it of its unique stature. That's Afa Pishiesh Beado. If you hit it, amazingly, uh, very nice question. The Gimaran Daf Kovzain, it's just eight that Pima head, has the following funny situation. It's not killing per se, but it's, you'll apply accordingly. The Gimara says the detractors the, the of David HaMelech turned to him and said to him, in order to embarrass him, they said, then what's the halakha of a person who's a bo'el eshetish? Of course, they're referring to his acts with Bacheva. And so he says to them, oh, you want to know the halakha in such a circumstance? He says, the halakha is your hayav chenek. However, before you get killed, you do vidui, you're able to merit olam haba. He says, but let me tell you something. If you're malbim pene havero barabim, if you embarrass a person publicly, in other words, what you just did to me, so in other words, the answer is yes, even killing in an ironic and crazy fashion is somehow less in terms of its eternal severity than a malbim pene havero barabim, probably because it's clear to all, especially the person who did it, that killing was wrong. To be malbim pene havero barabim, you never actually really understand what you did. You know, yeah, the rabbi say I shouldn't. You know, yeah, it was a little embarrassing for person. You never actually felt and understood what you did for that, so to speak. There's uh, almost no uh, no remedy. Says the Gemara, says Rabbi Eliezer, a person who does any of these things, even if he has in his hand Torah or Ma'asim Tovim, nonetheless, in the halak la'ulam haba, the person will lose his his uh, his portion in ulam haba by being mevazeh, by being um, shameful and scornful to any of those sorts of realities. Tanya idach, a different beraita on on the same pasuki divar Adonai baza zeha omer en Torah min hashamayim. Okay, so that's the statement we had. A person who says the Torah is not min hashamayim, that's a mevazeh divar Hashem. Va'afilu, and even if amar kol Torah kol min hashamayim, the statement is the entire Torah except. Except for Hotmi except for this one, uh, that's all from God. But this one, Shelo Amara Kadosh Baruchuel Moshe Mipiatzmo. Moshe did this one on his own. Zeuki Devar Hashem Baza. That's a person who is a part of this. Dikdukze means this small, uh, this small uh, obscurity. Says Rashi, Haserot and Yeterot. When the word is written without a vav or with a vav, you say, ah, This, that's Moshe. This, that wasn't God. That person, Chutzmi Kalvachomerze, Migezera Shavazo. From a logical deduction, from a way that we link up the Pesukim. Now, those two. Uh, are, are interesting because Kalva Homer, the rabbis do on their own all the time. Says Rashi, we're referring to a Kalva Homer or Gezer which you received based on tradition. You were told this is tradition from Moshe Bissinai. Uh, so I addressed that earlier, Charlie asked. That's an important no, it's an important question. The Gemara elsewhere in Baba Batra, the Gemara Masech and Benachot has one opinion amongst the Tanaim that Yehoshua wrote them, which is difficult and hard. All right, I'll already deal with it very briefly now. I'll just tell you that very briefly now, the general direction 
although it's difficult, even this direction, but the general direction is that when we say Moshe, we don't necessarily mean throughout Moshe. We mean there was a Navi who received it directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and inscribed it. And as a result, although it's not the mainstream opinion, Harambam very clearly in his Mishneh Torah does not subscribe to the opinion that the last eight Pesukim are from Yoshua. Rather, Moshe himself wrote them. By the way, why the last eight Pesukim? Because they're after the death of Moshe, right? Um, but nonetheless, um, you're not a heretic per se. You didn't lose Halak Laul Nam Haba if you subscribe to the fact that they were prophetically influenced and determined from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the ears and mind of a Navi. That's the way you have to deal with that. But Kalvahomen Gezerah Shavah is very strange. We do Kalvahomen. We might not do Gezerah Shavah, but there is a dispute about Gezerah Shavah, whether it needs to be specifically Mipiyamazor. It says, Rashi, we're dealing with ones that were from tradition. You heard it, accepted it as being from tradition. They said, ah, this wasn't tradition. He made it up, or his rabbi made it up. Any of these circumstances, Zehu Kidivar Hashem Bazar, is all dangerous circumstances uh, which, uh, throughout the generations, and specifically today, we are challenged by. We're challenged in the days of Christianity, days of Islam, and days today where it's internally you have people from uh, Jewish faith and nation who will claim that Torah is not even, uh, Charles, on that line, prophetically, directly influenced from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but rather somehow patched together over the course of time. Devar Hashem Bazar, that's a very clear, unequivocal statement from our Mishnah Beraita. Tanya, Hayar Bimeir Omer. Now that we're talking about Talmud Torah, the importance of it, not being shameful to it and scornful, let's talk more about that. Halome Torah ve'eno melameda, a person who studies Torah, but he doesn't then teach it, that's a fulfillment, a terrible fulfillment of Zehu Devar Hashem Bazar. It's a person who's been shameful to the word of God. Says Maharsha, you learned something new and you didn't actually want to teach it to someone else. I mean, that's, uh, that's shameful. That's an abomination. You're clearly, any person who learns something, by definition, that's who we are as human beings. We want to teach it to someone else. If you're not teaching it to someone else, clearly it's not important. It's not significant to you. That's Devar Hashem Bazar. Binatan Omer. It's a person who's not careful uh, with regards to paying attention to the Mishnah. Says Maharsha, Mishnah is an interpretation to the Torah. If Torah Shabbat is explained in the Mishnah and you don't care about the Mishnah, you clearly don't seem to have a care for actual Torah. No, I care about the Torah for what it is. No, but this is the interpretation of it. And if you're not a part of that, well, if you're not interested in that, well, then you're not a part, uh, uh, interested in Torah itself is the statement of Rabinatan, uh, along those lines, and but maybe a bit further, Mishnah is, uh, to a certain extent, um, uh, the, the vision of the this the way that we study Torah, which means to say that if I were to, this is the way Maharal interprets it. He says, if you learn Gemara but you don't pay attention to Mishnah, well, then you're missing out on on what it means to have studied Devar Hashem, because a person might determine and state, listen, the word of God, that's the word of God. The final interpretation in the Gemara, that's there, but the in-between, the Mishnah, that's insignificant. As Maharal, it's specifically Mishnah here. It's not just all Torah Shba'alpeh, it means Mishnayot, and as a result, you know, when I got Bar Mitzvah, I went to visit my father's rabbi together with him, Rav Aaron Lichtenstein, and he told me a lot of important things. One of the things he told me was, as a Bar Mitzvah boy, it's important that you start studying Mishnayot. 
They said, you'll have plenty of time for Gemara, you'll learn some Gemara, but spend a lot of time on Mishnah. Mishnah is maybe less today, but it's, it's neglected. People are more excited by the, by the sirens and the bright lights of Gemara. They're more excited by Devar uh, Hashem Mamash, unadulterated Torah Bichtav. They forget that Mishnah is in between, and Gemara really sprouted forth from proper interpretations of Mishnah. I understand. Some people just read the Mishnah, and then they go into the Gemara. Some people will just read the Mishnah as a springboard to Gemara. Alternatively, Mishnah is a study in and of itself. Rabbi Nehorae or Nehorai Omer Torah If you want to deal with a Devar Hashem Baza, a person who's been shameful to the Word of God, it's a person who could study Torah. Be immersed in it and he's not in other words if it's something that you care about and you're able to you have the opportunity the time the capabilities you haven't uh, clearly this is not something that's important to you it's a person who person who worships uh, uh, idols that's devar hashem baza my Where do you see in the pasuk? The pasuk says the word of God. You've been mevazeh. You've been shameful, scornful. To <laughs> what does it have to do with avodah zara? The Tanad ver Bishmael kedivar Hashem baza zeh mevazeh dibur sheneemar lo lemoshe misinai anochi adonai luhecha lo yelechai Elohim acherim vegomer. This is uh, sharing its uh, explanation with the Gemara in Masechet Makot and Daf Kafdalit. The Gemara over there describes how the first two of the Makot were said mipiakados. We're from God to Am Yisrael. We got nervous. We asked Moshe to intercede. What's that? The Deberot, what I said. The Deberot, the first two, were from, and I even feel good this morning. From Akadosh Baruch to Am Yisrael. We got nervous. We said, We're nervous about hearing it from God. And as a result, the rest, the 611 others, that's the Torah, Sivailanu Moshe, Torah, Gematria 611, it's the first two which were straight from God. As a result, they're Explanation over here of Devar Hashem Baza. What's the shameful, scornful word to the word of God? It's one of the things that we actually heard from his quote mouth, one of the things we actually heard from him. What's that? That's the creative derasha over here of the Pasuk. Instead of dealing with Devar Hashem Baza, let's deal with similar terrible things. A person who studies Torah but doesn't review it. It's similar to a person who seeds their field. You studied the initial time, but you didn't then cut it. In other words, what you what you get from it? Sure, you got an experience which is significant. You absolutely were inspired, which is important. But if you didn't come away with something because of your neglect, because you didn't review, that's a zoreave no koser. You have things growing in the field. It's not as if you didn't have growth. You had growth, but you didn't take advantage of it. Rabbi Yoshua Mer Torah person who studies Torah says Rabbi Yoshua Umeshakeha. Meshakeha is not shokeha. It's meshakeha. It's bekum ve'aseh. Person who then says. Not important. I'll let it be forgotten. Not that they tried to remember it and they forgot it. This is coupled with the first one, active. In other words, it's not that they're getting it out of them, but the point is they're actively not interested and paying their attention to other things. They're memorizing and paying attention to and, and paying their, their dedic- they're dedicating themselves to memorizing and, and knowing other things. Such a person, domele isha, she yoledet ve koveret, is similar to a woman who gives birth and buries her births. 
Now this is in several places, both in Mishle and in the Divrei Chachamim, the Torah is likened to a relationship of, of eros, so to speak, of a husband and wife. Uh, for example, just a famous derashah, Morasha, ki hilat Yaakov atikre morasha, ela meorasa. Meorasa means engaged. We envision the relationship between ourselves and Torah, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as one of engagement. As a result, in engagement, in, in marriage, there's birth, there's peru urvu. As, therefore, the statement in the Gemara is, you had a child, you studied the Torah, you were involved in it, something burgeoned, something blossomed out of this relationship, but you forgot it, and you let it be forgotten. It's as if you had a child and it was killed, or it died. Zamer becholyom, or zemer becholyom, zemer becholyom, the Torah should be like a song for you daily. In other words, you should be singing it daily. The way Rashi interprets this is that if you want to remember a song, if you want to be a good, good <coughs> singer, you have to do it consistently. You need to review it constantly. Yad Rama and others point out, however, pay attention to the zimra aspect over here, the song aspect. It's not just about conditioning yourself. We could condition ourselves in any, in any uh, vocation, in any job that we have. And you need to learn it by rote. The statement is zamer or zemer becholyom. It's a song. It's the Torah is envisioned by the hachamim as a song. Ve'ata Yisrael kitvu lachem et hashirah hazot. Excuse me. Ve'ata kitvu lachem et hashirah hazot ve'lamedat bnei selsima be'fihem. The statement is uh, to be kotev et hashirah as a derasha for the mitzvah of writing a sefer Torah. Kadosh Baruch Hu Moshe. Israel. It's a statement of shira. Why is the Torah likened to a shira? Because a shira, at least in my understanding, transcends just intellectual, cognitive bits of information and understanding. It becomes, when you have a song that's going through your mind, a part of your emotional wherewithal, becomes part of the way you see the world, the way you're feeling in that moment. A song, even if you listen to some sort of symphony or some sort of classical music, there's no words to it, but it can inspire within you something beyond the course and regular way of life. That's the statement of Torah being a zimra. Torah needs to be something which is not just said, but something that is sung and becomes part and parcel of who your personality, what your relationship with God in this world is all about. Amar of Yitzhak bar Avodimi, my kera, what's the pasuk that will somehow support each of these last few statements with regards to reviewing Torah? It was about reviewing, it was about making certain that it's not forgotten because you're reviewing Shene Emar, nefesh amel amela lo ki achaf alav pihu. The statement in the Pasuk is hard to understand. Amel means to be toiling, means to be working. A soul which works, it will work for him. Ki achaf alav pihu, the understanding will be an ukaf. An ukaf is the saddle of a horse. Something having to do with the mouth being saddled. What's the derasha over here? The derasha goes like this. Hu amel bamakom ze, vetorato omelet lo bimakom acher. You are toiling in Torah over here. You're using your mouth in order to review the Torah, in order to recite the words of the Torah. Somehow the Torah, quote unquote, as this entity, will be working for you from elsewhere. In other words, making certain that you'll remember its words. 
we might call that some sort of subconscious memory, the ability to restore a, a past event or understanding is sometimes best done, and we know this even psychologically, scientifically today, when you're able to process it and program yourself in all sorts of ways. When you speak the words, this is, I was taught ABCs in education, have the students speak, have the students write. Don't let them just use their minds. Let them act the words that they're learning. Let them speak the words that they're learning. Let them write the words that they're learning. If there's all sorts of ways that you process information, you in turn will be able to remember that information. That's the statement here in the Gemara. If a person's speaking those words constantly, if a person's looking to review those words constantly, they will have some sort of out-of-the-norm reality with regards to remembering it. They'll be amelo over here, but the Torah will be helping them elsewhere. I once heard Hacham of Adya Yosef talk about this amazing situation. He said he was on Betin, and in Betin he had to bring up some source, and he said he remembered Mi'iri, Rabbeinu Menachem Mi'iri, in his commentary to Masechet Zivachim. Now Hacham of Adya Yosef was a scholar of top-notch, we are all familiar with that, but in terms of studying Masechet Zivachim, it's not what he did in the last probably 60-70 years of his life. It's just not what he was doing. In the last 60-70 years of his life, he was working with matters that were relevant to the people. There's lots that's relevant to us outside of Masechet Zivachim. Now, he used the halakha portions of Masechet Zivachim. That wasn't his primary limud. Nonetheless, he was on Beit I actually didn't hear from him. I heard it from Rabbi Prague, who heard it from his son, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef Adav HaShalom. He said he was once on the Beit and then out of nowhere, it just felt like the Torah inspired him. He remembered a source that he hadn't studied in at least 70 years before him. That's the statement over here in the Gemara. What's that? That's, it's along the same line, says Morris. You're going back to something that you studied initially. You're a male in one circumstance, and then the subconscious has a way of injecting it in and helping you recall something that you almost didn't even realize you knew before. Now that we're talking about toiling, you should know every person was created in order to toil. Human beings were created for toiling, for working hard. Wait a second, what does it mean working hard? I work hard, you work hard, she works hard, and he works hard in all sorts of different ways. Any other in the Amal Penivra, in the Amal Melachanivra. The question he says is, says Rabbi Azab, but wait a second, what sort of toiling? Is it of our mouths? Or is it, our body, is it of our bodies? We can toil, we can work hard in all sorts of different ways. But look at the pasuk. The statement is with regards to the mouth being saddled in some way. I'll suggest that it's a reference to the mouth working hard. Meaning... Well, we're understanding already Torah, but maybe not Torah. Maybe it means you have to talk a lot in life. Maybe the statement of the Pasuk, which says that we were created for Amelut, the Pasuk says that Adam le'amal yulad, maybe we're just supposed to talk a lot. That's the uh, way our lives should work, this Pasuk in Iov, ki Adam le'amal yulad, you're supposed to make certain you talk plenty. About what? About anything. No, Keshu Omer, lo yamush sefer ha-Torah, when the Pasuk says in Sefer Yehoshua that at the very onset that the Torah should not leave your mouth I understand that it's a reference to the toiling in Torah 
That's what's not leaving your mouth. In truth, the Gemara in Masechet Sukkah Daf Membet, when it talks about the ages for Hinuch, so the Gemara describes, the Beraita describes, when do you start educating a child to shake Lulav? When he knows how to shake the Lulav appropriately. When do you teach them to put on Tefilim? When they know how to keep themselves clean, they're not going to dirty themselves, contaminate themselves while wearing the Tefilim. When do you teach them the first Pasuk of Torah? Torah Sivalanu Moshe, Morash not from the time that you know how to understand, but from when you know how to speak. The statement in turn is our very speech is defined by words of Torah. That's the statement here in the Gemara as well. The Amelut in this world is not even necessarily a comprehension of Torah. It's a speech of Torah. That is the definition of your speech. De Amar Rava, as Rava had this statement, Kulehu Gufeh, all of our bodies, Deruf Takeh Ninhu. Deruf Takeh is interpreted by Rashi in one of two ways. Either it means they're... um, they work very hard. They're tarhanim. All of our bodies work very hard. Alternatively, all our bodies are receptacles. They are um, utensils of sorts. Two interpretations in Rashi. What does that mean for us? Tobe dehave deoraita. The best, tobe, the best, when you merit that your body becomes either the tarhan, the worker, the one who's arduously pursuing, oraita, Torah, or alternatively, the receptacle which is holding in, Torah, meaning we have capabilities, we have potential. As human beings, we have a body which has energy and which has capabilities that are boundful. They're finite, but there's plenty that can be done with it. The best we can do with it is not the sihab betela, but the sihab of Torah. Says the Gemara onward, the Pasuk says, in Mishle noef isha hasar lev. If a person commits adultery, hasar lev. There's some sort of missing heart or mind. Amaresh lakish. What's that a reference to? Obviously, it's a pasuk in Mishle. It's not just a reference to having or committing adultery. Halomet Torah lifrakim. It's an amazing statement. It's a person who doesn't consistently study Torah. In other words, adultery by definition means I have this woman and I have that woman, and sometimes I'll have that woman. The statement in turn says Resh, says uh, says is a person who studies Torah sometimes, and other times I do something else, and then I'll pick it up again. That's a noefisha. I bring you back to the imagery we mentioned at the bottom of Dafsadita Mudal of how the Torah has this eros with regards to our relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Morasha Meorasa. If I'm involved in this relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, like a husband and wife, it means I have to be consistent with this. Shene Emar Hinaim Kitishmenim Bebitnecha Yikonu Yahdav Al Sefatecha. It needs to be Yikonu Yahdav Al Sefatecha. It means this is something which is together has a certain continuity on your lips. What has a continuity? Something that is constant. The statement through and through, each of these statements in the, in the Gemara is one and the same. It's about the repetition. It's about almost the rote observance of continuously repeating those words of Torah. It's about if I'm neglectful in doing so, I'm mishakeach, and as a result, the Torah. The Gemara goes on very briefly. Let's just uh, read the first three lines. Tanur Rabbanan. The Gemara makes a derasha about this pasuk. Pasuk says, If a person is to, with a yad rama, with a high-held hand, do wrongful. In other words, they're scornful to the word of God. That person, the Torah speaks very harshly about. Who's that referring to, so to speak, in our history? Zem Menashe Ben Chizkiyah. Shehaya Yoshev Doresh Gadot 
Shel Dofi. That's a reference to Menashe ben Chizkiyah. Now we know terrible things about Menashe ben Chizkiyah from the Navi. The Derasha and the Gemara, the Agadah that we'll read at the beginning of the, the Limud tomorrow, will describe how Menashe ben Chizkiyah would read Pesukim in the Torah, point to them and laugh at them. He'd say, this Pesuk, oh, you think God wrote that? That's silliness. Why would God uh, refer to us uh, this sort of uh, tangential, pedantic detail? There's nothing that I learned from this. And that one, come on, that's nonsense. That's what we call Hagadot Shel Dofi. Dofi means of nothingness he would have cast these aspersions against the Torah by pointing out, by being cynical about it and say, stating there's no reason for this pasuk, there's no reason for that pasuk. That's what we're to read. We understand, of course, the relevance to our Gemara. We're talking about a person who says, en Torah min a person who's megaleh panim Torah and so forth. We're now going to have another direction and angle with regards to understanding that. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.